0: But today, as we look at Romans 6, we'll be focusing on the baptism part. So, uh, first I'm going to pray, though. Father, I pray that you would give us an understanding of the baptism today that uh, is a blessing to us, that speaks to us of your gift of eternal life and speaks to us assurance about what we have in you that can never be taken away. And uh, I pray also that it would be a blessing for Cole. And, uh, and uh, that, yeah, you would just uh, speak to us by your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Baptism uh, is, a, is a funny thing. It's probably, in, in a funny way, it's divided the church over the past couple thousand years. so That's not funny. But um, uh, it, 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 it's one of those things where, you know, a couple of months ago I said in a sermon about the thief on the cross that he went to heaven without even being baptised. So that means baptism's unnecessary, right? No. no. Who said no? <laughs> That's right. Actually, it, it, so it, it's, not, it, it's not what saves us, but it's extremely important and it's a, an important gift that God's given us. And so I'm hoping today we can get a bit of understanding about that. We were talking about it a bit, uh, with Jack and Heather on the way down the bus. And So what is it about then? What's, what's the, the point of Baptism. And uh, and hopefully I'll give you some understanding and it's kind of going to be a bit heady for a while and maybe hopefully by the end it makes some sense to you. But uh, Paul says this in Romans 6, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in his death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Okay. What is baptism about at that passage, now this passage, whilst speaking about baptism, that's not the heart of what Paul's talking about there, he's just mentioning it in bypassing and I'm going to draw from a a few other places this morning but we know that baptism is something which is personal, don't we? Uh, We could talk and we do about all that Jesus has done for this world, all that he's done for the church, all that he's done for his people but when it really comes to baptism, in, in one sense it's talking about all that he's done for me, isn't it? That, that which he did in history, yes, Jesus died on the cross to take away the sins of the world, but in baptism, one part of it is saying, Jesus died on the cross to take away my sins. That This is personal. It's a, it's a great thing. But baptism doesn't just point to the personal, it points to what has happened in history and says, that great event, is for me salvation has been won it's it's a something has happened that God has done which is a once for all. Paul said in verse three, or oh, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death now Paul's saying, Hey you Romans, you know that you're all baptized into his death? yeah like everybody knows that, don't they <laughs> yeah and we all know what that means, so I could probably give up talking. What does it mean to be baptised into his death? To be buried with him in baptism. It doesn't say, did you notice, we were baptised like him. And This is my main point today, is we're baptised with him. We were taken into him. I read one bloke said, we were laid in a tomb in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. We all understand that, don't we? His death was our death. Jesus was baptised. Do you know know, Jesus was actually baptised in the Jordan River? We also spoke about this recently. Did he need to be baptised? A a baptism of repentance when he'd done no wrong. So why did he bother getting baptised? He said, this is necessary to fulfil all righteousness. Uh, That was the, the words he used. In one sense, we are baptised. He, he had a baptism of perfection. He, he had not sinned. And he was being baptised in one sense by identifying with all humanity, identifying with us who did need to be baptised, and we are baptised into his perfection. Now, i say lots of words like this, and after a while, hopefully you'll start to get the hang of this. Now, Paul's not talking about here Jesus as our substitute. We sometimes, you know, in the, in the Old Testament where they took a lamb and they, and they cut its throat after pronouncing, you put your sins on the lamb and you cut its throat and it dies in your place. And sometimes we talk about that with Jesus Jesus died in our place. But that's not what Paul's talking about here. He's saying something more like his death was our death. Yeah? His resurrection to life is our resurrection to life. It's like, it says, you were baptised into Christ, so you were, it's like when, when he died his death, you were put into his body and you died too. Yeah? Do you understand what I'm saying there? Paul says it like this, I've been crucified with Christ. He didn't say, I've been crucified like Christ. He said, when Christ was crucified, I was crucified on that cross. He took us into himself. This language is used right throughout the Bible, actually, when you think about it. And we died, and the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. I've been raised up with him. I am in Christ. That's what we, that's, Paul says that about, if you read the start of Ephesians, about every verse. I'm in Christ. I'm in him. He's in me. We, we are united. That's the word he uses here in this passage. We are one. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. Yeah, that's the old song we used to sing. Yeah? So there's one sense where he didn't just die in our place, but in some way, and this is the mystery of God's salvation, when Christ died, we died too. And when he was raised from the dead, we were too. Our life is Christ's life. In in Galatians 3.26, uh, Six, uh, Paul says this, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptised into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. It's like if you could put on Christ like a, like a coat, you've clothed yourself with him. You've been surrounded by him. You are, you are in him. When well, when you were baptised into Christ, you, you were joined with him. Like I said, this is a bit it 's a bit of a, a different understanding to how we think about things because you see often baptism is described as it 's our decision and and there 's a reality that everybody who uh, becomes a Christian has to choose God for themselves that, that, that's that 's definitely true but what this is talking about this is talking about something which is what Christ has done for us and involved in us us with well before we came to be, in one sense, he has crucified us with Christ, and he's raised us up, and he did this outside of ourselves. It happened for us. because you see, baptism into his death is actually God's work. It's not our work. When a person hears the gospel, and the gospel is not just a message, okay? It is a message but it's more than a message because when the gospel message comes, the gospel being the good news that God has done something through Jesus Christ in his death and resurrection to save us, when it comes, when it's spoken, the Holy Spirit comes and speaks into our hearts and makes that real. And when that message is spoken, Christ is there. The preaching of the gospel is an incredible thing. And when it's spoken, Someone hears and they obey the gospel. What is it to obey the gospel? Well, they believe. They confess. And baptism is like a sign and a symbol and a seal that this is real. But it's a work of God that happens. Paul describes like this in Titus. He saved us through the washing. We talk about the washing of baptism. He saved us through the washing of rebirth. So when we were born again, he has washed us completely new by the washing of rebirth and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit renews us. So we've been forgiven of our sins, we've been washed, we've been cleansed by his death and resurrection and these aren't something that just happened for us. They were something that we are taken into and the Holy Spirit applies to our lives. And baptism as a symbol of this is a concrete ceremony. This is, because, you see, we're not just talking about a theory. We take communion sometimes, don't we? And and we eat and drink something concrete. It's real. Just so that we know that all oh, this is not just spiritual. Spiritual is of life. And when we, we're not actually going to take coal down into some imaginary water. We're going to dunk him and when he comes up, his head's going to be wet. Yeah, It's real because... God has done something through Christ which is concrete and it, he, he, has, he has taken coal, if you will, and he has lowered him into himself and he's put the old Cole to death. And Cole's going to tell us about what that looked like in a minute. He's forgiven his sins and he's raised him to new life. We have been united with Christ in his death and resurrection. Now, sometimes uh, uh, we would say this, and you hear people say it all the time, uh, God loves the s- sinner but hates the sin. Yeah, heard that said. Um, actually, the Bible doesn't speak that. The Bible speaks something different. It actually says God hates the sinner and the sinner because there's no separation between the two. You are what you do. Have you noticed that? If, if, you, if, you, if, if you can't actually remove... That from a person. So he says this in Psalm 5, but if you read the Psalms, you find it often in there. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong. You hate all who do. God hates all who do wrong. That hurts, doesn't it? No one here really wants to be hated by God. Okay, Because the problem is sin is not just something we do. It is a part of us, isn't it? Try giving up sin and then you'll realise it's more a part of you. It is part of your nature, your identity, a true you, and you can't just get rid of it. And the wages of sin is death. And that's a punishment for sin, isn't it? And so what he's saying is, you see, if I could say this, someone just die in your place, it, that's actually that actually doesn't cut for real, does it? Imagine this: you you go say say uh, people sometimes try and do it. Their son commits an, an awful crime, and they're before the court, and so they own up and say, "I'll take the punishment." And the judge says, "No, <laughs> you did it. You get the punishment." That's true, isn't it? It has to be that way. So it, it, it's not right that someone would just take our place. What happens in Christ? Is in in the miracle of God's working, is we are actually found guilty and God says, I hate the sin and the sinner and something has to happen for you. You have to die. You have to receive the punishment for sin and you died with Christ once and for all. That's actually uh, how Paul describes it. It's, uh, It's a great miracle. And when did this happen? Well, Rob talked about that a bit this morning already. But Ephesians 1 says, For he chose us in himself, sorry, he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He chose us, because I've read in a book by a bloke who said the other day, this is when I got converted. But actually, really, I was converted before the foundation of the world, before the beginning of time. I was before the creation. When in God's heart, and in God's mind, in accordance with his plan, he predestined us that means we had a preset destiny, that's what that word means for adoption to sonship through Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which is freely given us in the one who loves. Uh, or what does Jeremiah say, Jack? Before I formed you That's right. before you were in the womb. I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Can we get that? It's just true. Do we understand it? Not fully, but it's true. Throughout scripture it's said. Because you see, this is God's world. Okay, so. Hold all that and I'll try and make this come together a bit now. Because this is real. And so I wanted to uh, just talk about this, another passage also, which is uh, from Colossians 1. What has happened to a man who has been converted? A woman too, but today we're talking about a man. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's Colossians one thirteen 13 14. He saved us, he rescued us from sure and certain death, he judged us as guilty, when did he do that? While we were living happily in Satan's kingdom. While we were, we, we were actually enjoying it. The thing is about sin, and sinners is they enjoy their sin. Is that true? It's the problem with sin. Yeah. And we've been brought out of that kingdom, out of that kingdom of darkness, and we've been moved to a different kingdom, the kingdom of the son he loves. The kingdom where Jesus is the king. That is a complete change of citizenship. It's not just... I've decided to change my mind, okay? It's not like... When I was, when I was young, my, my grandfather, he, he run for the uh, country party, which is now the national party, okay? And so as kids, we were brought up that there's only one party you vote for, yeah? It's the country party. And it then became the national party. And also we were told that all candidates... In the country party are Christians. It's part of their part of their scheme. Yeah, true, is it? And and so we voted for them. Yeah. Later on, when I got to be an adult, and and there's some pretty shonky people in the country in the national party. Yeah, true. And I thought, nah, I'm going to vote for somebody else this time. I really don't like that one. Yeah. And I became more of a swinging voter. They call them right. And so I made this change of mind. It changed my life very little. It was just a little thing. I remember the day I, tried, I decided I was going to eat tomatoes when I never used to them. eat them. <clears throat> or maybe I could decide that climate change is real. I don't know. It's not a big thing, but what I'm saying is sometimes we think of those decisions, it's within my power to change my mind on something. But becoming a Christian is not just changing your view on something. I didn't think much of God and then now I decided to like him. It is about belief. It is about faith. It's about trust. But it's a complete reversal of a whole life. Everything is changed and it's not actually something that you can do of yourself. It is a great work of the Holy Spirit. We are not capable of that sort of change of mind. Why are we not capable of it? Because the Bible tells us in our sin we are desperately deceitful, deceived. We are only evil all the time. No one seeks God, we're told. No one is good. No one has the ability to choose God unless God does something to change us. You see, at just the right time, Paul says, Romans 5, when we were still powerless, we had no power to actually change ourselves. Christ died for the good people. That's what it says. No, it doesn't. At just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Those who didn't like God, those who had been thumbing their nose at him, those who were sinners, those who chased other religions, those that chased all the pleasures of this world and who were loving it, God came to those while they were powerless to change and he'd done something amazing. He has... Completely changing. It. Put it this way, okay? You've got a goldfish in a tank, it's made to swim around in that tank, right? If you were to take that goldfish and sit it on your lounge chair, give it some popcorn and say, Watch TV, right? Be a person. It's time to be a human being. Right? Yeah. Or maybe I could chuck you in the water and say, be a fish. Stay under. Yeah. What has to happen for a person to be changed, for a person to be converted, is a complete change in nature, a complete work of God. That's why Paul and Jesus and John and Peter would all say we need to be born again. We need a complete renewal. Yep. Am I making sense? We need it. And how can that happen when we were put to death with Christ and we have a whole new life in him. We've been raised up and the life we now live in the body, we live by faith in the Son of God. Your life is not your own. You're in Christ. You'll actually never have true peace if you think that Jesus... If Jesus had just taken the punishment for my sin you'll always think, yeah, but that's not quite right. Until you know that your old self has been crucified, then you can actually have peace and go, there is nothing that can separate me from God. Do you understand? You'll never really have assurance. You'll always be playing mind games. I hope it's all right. I'll just say it's all right. Maybe if I say it over myself, it'll be true. That's sort of rubbish. You need to know something. God has done something in history which has become personal in you when you had faith in Jesus Christ, and it is real. So you can say this. I'm a Christian because I've been forgiven, because I've been justified, because I've been made righteous by Christ, because I've been sanctified. Because I've been made holy, that is. Because I've been adopted as a child of God. Because I've been made a new creation. Because I've been given the Holy Spirit. Because I've been given the hope of eternal life. Because I've been placed in a body, which is a church, and that's full of people like me. Yeah, That's what baptism is a sign of. That all this has happened, but you notice it's all of God. Because you see, if you are thinking that what you have is reliant on you, You're going to have a lot of days where you wonder. You're going to have deep doubts. Just hide them. Make out they're not there. No, that's a joke. It's not a funny joke, but it's one that I laugh at. Um, When you know that all of your assurance and all that you have is based completely on him, then you can rest. Then you can have joy. Then you can live a life of fullness. Okay, I think I've spoken enough. I'm just going to repeat that verse again. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins.